Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey and Misha. <laughs> Hi, Squirrel. Hi, Misha. Hello. Uh, so, Misha, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And for um, our uh, listeners, I I'm going to go ahead and just introduce you uh, progressively. And we'll start with uh, how I uh, first got to know you, which is the guy who does cocktail parties on the internet. <laughs> How how did this come about? How did you come to be known as the person who does cocktail parties on, under under lockdown? I did it by by doing cocktail parties on the internet. Is how I did it. I did um, I think what happened. Well, I think the thing you came to, uh, I don't remember exactly where we met, but early on when we met, uh, you came to my birthday party. Yes, my work before the lockdown, or it continues to be, is a lot of my work is helping people form meaningful or interesting connections in different contexts. And one of those one set of things was doing that in kind of a spectrum of stuff from like classes to parties, um, different kinds of places like that. And then when the lockdown happened, I was, uh, I was like, Oh, what does the world need from me? And I was like, Oh, the world, people are really feeling isolated. And there's this, and people seem to be using these video conferencing tools and people don't seem very satisfied with how they're helping them connect with each other. And I thought I could probably help with that. So I started working on a bunch of experiments to kind of different kinds of experiments to help people form interesting, um, meaningful connections uh, in that medium and, and finding, as I think many people have, that you can really do that if you're thoughtful about it. So I did some of that. And then I had a birthday coming up. So <laughs> I worked on my birthday party. Um, and that was the party you were at. That's right. And, 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 and I was there and it was a, a lot of fun. And then, and then you actually went and wrote up uh, like how you did it. You, you made like the, uh, uh, anyone's guide to how to do cocktail parties on the internet. Yeah, and people can find it. Like if you Google whatever, how to if you Google how to have a cocktail party on Zoom, and then type in Misha Globerman, however anything anything that sounds remotely like Misha Globerman, since you don't know how to spell it, it'll come up for you. And the and the do you want me to, do you want me to tell you about how it went for your listeners? Is that like a sure? I, I, like, how how could you possibly have a cocktail party? And it doesn't make any sense. Like people are people spend all this time on Zoom, and it's terrible and awful. Everyone knows that you you have this lack of connection now that we're yeah. virtual. How do you achieve connection among people who? You know. So the Zoom is terrible and awful. I feel like a lot of the things in my life is like I encounter people being like X thing X is terrible and awful, and like what I and it always and it breaks my heart. It's like oh, thing X isn't terrible and awful. It's that bad implementations or bad uses of thing X are terrible and awful, and that I've seen that again and again and again and again. Um, and and for me, Zoom was one of those things. Like I was like, oh, people just aren't using this tool right. So one thing that people were doing a lot of, I think they were still that they're probably still doing in some cases. People are like, hey, we're going to have like a drinks party on Zoom, and what that would mean is it would mean everybody would be a, bring a drink, and everybody would just be in like this one Zoom meeting with like thirty people. And I was like, that's not how you do a party. Like if you <laughs> like in LA, if you went to a party and you're like, come to our party, here's the rules. All thirty of us are going to stand in a circle and take turns talking. You'd be like, that's a really <laughs> really messed and, up. And we're all going to look at each other throughout the entire party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, that's a terrible way to run a party. So I was like, well, what really happens at parties? Well, in parties, what really happens is people come and they get into small groups and they move around between the groups and they reconnect with old friends if it's a party where they know people. And they also introduce people to each other and they find people who share their interests and they do all of that. And I was like, well, it seems to me, you know, I was like, well, Zoom has these breakout rooms. There's probably a way we could sort of simulate that. And so I kind of got to work on designing it. And because I'm a facilitator, I'm like really interested in how to structure this so that it's not just like a regular cocktail party. It's like a, it's like what a cocktail party would be like if a cocktail party had a really, really good facilitator. <laughs> Which of course, that's exactly what a cocktail party needs is a good facilitator. <laughs> well, but maybe on Zoom, that is what it needs. 
I think, I think, but honestly, I mean, honestly, on Zoom, I think it definitely is what it needs. And, but also, I think that one of the things that's happening during the pandemic and this move to virtual worlds is I think we're taking a lot of things and we're like, we're, we're moving them onto Zoom. But when, as we're doing that, we're also fixing what was broken about them before, if we're doing it right. So, so a lot of this stuff, um, so I do a bunch of work with conferences, for instance, with people. And I'm like, you know, in your online conference, it's really important to engineer how people meet each other. <laughs> now, the truth is, it's also true in your offline conference. And they weren't doing that before. But my hope is they'll learn that. And then when they go back to their offline conference, they do the same thing. So anyway, so, so, we, so, so I really engineered how to do that on Zoom. And I, won't, I don't get all the details, but a, a big part of it was figuring out a hack, which is now no longer necessary, but a hack to let people move between these little breakout rooms. Um, and now Zoom has added that feature just recently. So it's amazing I get to do that. Um, but the real trick was putting people into small breakouts, giving them, having them form, a, having them create a Google document where they could uh, describe what interests they had so people could find other people who shared their interests really quickly and, and get into conversations with them and then let them move between these small breakout rooms, put them into lots and lots and lots mm -hmm. of small breakout rooms so that they're in like, you know, groups of two or three or four by default, which is like the normal size to be talking to someone at a party, a normal size group. And then, and then you can actually see who's in the rooms and move between them and stuff like that. And so at that party, very quickly, people were talking about things that were in interesting to them, meeting other people who shared their their unique interests, reconnecting with people they knew from the past, moving around between groups, doing all that kind of stuff and having experiences that were very much like the kinds of experiences you might have at a party. So this is, I think this is great that you've, you uh, kind of figure out a way to really deliver something, as you say, that the world needed at a time where uh, people were just entering lockdown. And this was, you were doing this in March or April was when you were up, when we first met. And then I think your birthday party then was April, May, if I remember correctly. Birthday party, I think, was April. My, my birthday's end of March, so I think it was like early mid-April. So pretty early, actually, in the in the, in the whole lockdown world, and here we are months later. You've continued to to explore the world of online uh, communities and online connections. Um, if if uh, just a, a short version, like what would be your top recommendation now? If someone says like, yeah, I want to have a group uh, gathering. I want to make sure of good connection there. You know, where where do you send people? Uh, but there's different stuff to look. I mean, one thing seriously is do go check out my article. It's it's great. I don't know if you guys have show notes, but how to have a cocktail it, it, party. It is in the show notes. I just added Put it in it. there. Put it in there. How to have a cocktail party on Zoom, Misha Goldman, check it out. And like you can probably, depending on how good you are with technology and facilitation, like you can either you can maybe do this yourself, you know, or I can help you with it. But you know, you can do that. If you want something that's like so, and you can and a lot, and I know a lot of people have read that article and implemented that article and use the stuff in that article. So that's one set of things you can do. If you want something that's like lower, that's like lower on facilitation. If you're the kind of person who thinks a party can just run itself without a facilitator, you know, <laughs> one of those crazy people. I don't know what kind of weirdo you are <laughs> if you think that. But um, there's there's more good new tools uh, that let people recreate those kinds of spaces that weren't around, um, or at least weren't around in nearly as much use uh, in the early days of the lockdown. And probably the there's like spatial chat, and there's Kumo space, and there's Rally. There's a whole bunch of them that let people move between groups. The, the one that I've seen people use the most is one called GatherTown, Gather.town, which is very sweet and lovely and um, uh, interesting. And, and it's actually like a little, you, you're like these little eight icons in like this 8-bit video game, and you can move around in this 8-bit video game. And then when you get close to people, a little video of you pops up. And as you get, as you get, and when you're far, it's the, the video is sort of faded out. And as you get closer, it fades back in. Okay. Um, so, uh, and, and the similarly with the sounds that have between people. So you actually get, it recreates some of the reality of like 
moving up to people in a party and then you can overhear a conversation that's not near you and and and, and it's also you can do all this building stuff in it you can put all these features in it if you're if you or your friends are that so inclined and one of the interesting features of it that i really like is that i didn't like it at first which is that you can hear as you get closer to a conversation you can sort of hear it more and so when you're in a conversation you kind of hear the background of the conversations around you and at first I thought when I encountered that, I was like, oh, I can see why people think this cool. This is cool, but it's actually annoying. Like in real life, I don't like that. It's annoying in Gather Town. But it turns out that that constraint is actually really helpful because what it does is it encourages you to move away, which is, I think, a really hard thing to engineer for in social spaces. That if you want mingling, part of mingling is letting people find the people they want to talk to. But part of mingling is also making it possible for people to move away from people so they can go talk to other new people. And it's very, very hard to create that in even in real world spaces. And 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 um, that constraint, the fact that when two people are standing close to each other, they can't hear each other very well, forces people to move away, which is actually very cool. <laughs> gather down. That's my hot tip. Gather down. All right, gather down. So I want to I want to back up a bit because we've kind of uh, and I somewhat deliberately dropped our listeners in the middle of a story here, the the, the story of <laughs> Jeffrey meeting Misha and uh, uh, learning about these uh, online. Uh, ways of of uh, manipulating Zoom and having a more connections in, in with people, and I'm one of those people, by the way, who who um, plagiarized or you know copied your article, followed the directions, and applied it to KitCon uh, this year. And so we did KitCon uh, Europe virtual um, online using this technique. So people who are listeners who attended KitCon and, and wondered where we got the idea of making everyone co-hosts and having them move to these breakouts. Um, I think I even took some of the room names uh, at, 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 that we used at, at, from the ones you had at your birthday party. Um, but I want to go back at, like, before this, because you said this was your, your reaction to lockdown is what is the world? What can I have to offer the world in this um, helping people make connections in a time when it was very difficult? But of course, that was what you were doing with people prior to lockdown. Um, can you say a little bit about what your what your work was like pre-lockdown? Well, I do a bunch of different things. I, the main thing that I do is I, I help people communicate better. I think sort of similar to the work that you guys do a little bit, using a lot of the same models and the same tools. I think that's part of how we connected. Um, so I'm really, I've been really interested in helping people um, have more effective and meaningful and valuable conversations, especially in, in workplace settings. So helping, you know, helping people develop their skills for talking about difficult or important issues or resolving, uh, reaching decisions together, those kinds of things. So that was one set of work that I did, doing that sort of training. And I did a, I taught, I guess still teach, a series of courses called How to Talk to People About Things. Um, which kind of about, <laughs> which I, I love the title. I love that. <laughs> you've, you've really bounded it down there. So it's like, you know, it's only things. If you want to talk to them about nothing, you know, the Seinfeld, <laughs> like, no, sorry, no Seinfeld here. It's. <laughs> I somehow feel like the about things actually added something. I'm not Absolutely. sure what, but I feel like how to talk to people just makes it sound like it's about like, so how to have small talk or how to approach strangers you know it's like no no it's like how to talk to people about things like it's it's how to no this is serious yeah this is serious yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i just so i've done that work for a long time and working in all kinds of different ways with with individuals and organizations helping them on that stuff um and then i also do a bit of uh less than i used to but a bit of performance work i do a, i host a lecture series called trampoline hall it's a barroom non-expert lecture series that we've been doing for a very long time in toronto it's it's sold out every month for as long as anybody can remember. Which is which is amazing. And there's a podcast that goes with that, which we'll also link to in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. As you know, yeah, as you know, there's that podcast. 
So, um, so the, this is interesting for me because I, I think, um, of course, we talk a lot about conversations and the importance of relationships, um, and it's always kind of a hard sell. It's very often a hard sell. It's sort of people may appreciate in, in theory. But there's always a lot of people say, like, this is is this really important for a workplace? You know, the idea of relationships. Yeah. Is that can't we just like be professional and focus on our work? <laughs> is that, is that the kind oh, of thing? All these emotions, if we could just get rid of them and be rational, it'd be so much better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. We should bet. So we, if you're in agreement, we must just simply get rid of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, it's just, that doesn't work, and 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 so people find us. And of course, we often uh, people approach us because they're they're often having technical issues or perhaps um, issues with the leadership team uh, in tech, technology companies primarily. What, what's the kind of thing people would come to you about and say, yeah, we, we, want, we want our people to be able to talk to each other about things. What, what, what leads them to do that? <laughs> how, how, do, how do people know when they're having, this is troubleshooting agile. I like when people yeah. have, give people a symptom, like what, what's something they might be able to observe in their life. They think, hey, you know what the problem is? We don't know how to talk to each other about things. What'd be a symptom of failure? That's interesting. So a symptom of fail, I mean, a symptom of failure for me, I can give you some symptoms that in conversations or in your life, for sure. So like, a, so one symptom of failure is like, if there's, a, I think, I think the most, the actual biggest conversation, the biggest symptom of failure, I think when people are, when we talk, when you look at people and the problems they have in conversations, the biggest problem they have, I think, is that they don't even have the conversation. Mm. So I think for a lot of people, the symptom, the symptom of failure is like, oh, there's a conversation that for a long time you've been thinking about having, but you're not sure whether you should have it. That's an enormous symptom of failure because, and because, and almost all the time you should have it. Like that's <laughs> very, very few of us err on the side of having more of the important conversations in our lives than we should have. Like most of us, you know, err on the side of avoidance or on the side of like um, only having them through kind of like outbursts. Like, so, so, it, so, it, so all, there's almost no one who's like, oh, you know what the problem is? You have too many thoughtful pre-planned conversations about the important things in your life. You either just avoid them or you like wait for them to burst out at an inopportune moment. So that's one sign. It's just, a conversation that you're, you know, I keep thinking I should talk to that person, but I probably shouldn't. It probably wouldn't. We have like a number of ways we talk ourselves out of having those conversations. And we tell themselves that they're not very important or that they wouldn't go well or that the other person doesn't want to have it, all those things. So that's, that's a, that's a huge symptom. A symptom within the, the symptoms within the conversation, I think recognizing them within the conversations is really helpful. And it's one of the things that we really talk about a lot in the training that I do is like how to, help people recognize when they're in a difficult conversation. Cause I think a lot of times people don't know. And there's, there's at least one, there's at least two things I can think of right off the bat. Like one's like a cognitive one, which is that if you notice that um, what you're thinking and what you're saying are very different from each other, that that's often a sign that you're not doing super well. And that's a sign that you that you're on the wrong track, and you want to correct for that. And if you're having and if you're having multiple conversations with someone where you're often thinking something different than you're saying, that's a sign that you're there's something there that needs to be repaired. And to listeners, I will say the answer is not that you should just say all the things that you're thinking. That the <laughs> you know, that voice in your head. I think that the line that you see in literature, the voice in your head, is like very good at telling you like what needs to be said, but very bad at telling you how you should say it. So it doesn't mean you should just go and say like you idiot, you suck. You everything. <laughs> Isn't that radical candor? Isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. So I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the side of moderate. Can I'm a candor moderate. <laughs> um, I am not a candor radical. Uh, so that's one is like if what you're thinking is saying. And then another one, I think that's, I think 
that more and more I think is true. And it's something that I pay more and more attention to is like somatic is bodily is like pay attention to like, you know, how does your body feel in this conversation? Like, are your, are your, are your, I mean, you know, like, are your hands, are your hands clenched into fists? Like, are your shoulders <laughs> up? Are your, you know, all, you know, how's your breathing? Like, and being able to kind of pay more attention to what's happening in your body and be like, oh yeah, right. That, you know, it shouldn't feel hard. Like if it feels like if, if the conversation, like if your body feels like you're pushing a boulder up a hill, that's a sign that you're, you're something's not right. Mm. When, when these topics come up for me and the, with people and we will talk about the, I will often use the term about the relationship with the other person. Does, is that, do you describe that at all? Is that part of yeah. what? Yeah, no, it's the relationship's enormous. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it's about. One of the concerns I get from people is they, they say this, this, this feels like therapy. Yeah. That's the point at which I usually butt in and say, don't tell me about your toilet training. I'm not qualified. <laughs> See, I have the opposite feeling. <laughs> so do you, do you ever, do you ever get that concern from people? I think, well, which concern that it feels like therapy? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I'm not sure if I see it. I, the, the longer I do this stuff, the less I feel that as a concern. Like I'm like, Right. So like therapy, what we're trying to do is, you know, help you get better at something that it's hard and complicated to get better at and help you get better at something that get that that you're not going to get better at without a certain amount of introspection and a certain amount of self-understanding. And so in some ways, it's not like therapy. It is therapy. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, we're working on slightly different issues. I mean, I'm not helping you overcome your anxiety or your depression or your eating disorder, but but in some ways, I mean, it literally is therapy or we're, we're trying to help you bring about a more effective behavior in your interactions with other people. And, and again, to do that in a way that requires some introspection and some understanding of yourself. And so, yeah, it's, it, and I think, I think, I, I think when I started doing this, I was really scared of it being like therapy. And the more I do it, I'm like, no, no, it's like therapy. It's, you know, it's obviously different in many ways too. And, you know, we're working on a really specific thing, but. I, 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 I'm, I'm very happy to hear you say that. And this is one of the things that we didn't discuss ahead of time. I'm, I'm very happy to hear because that's also my, uh, w view of it, which is that, uh, it was, well, it's therapeutic <laughs> certainly. And, um, and, and I'm often will tell people that, um, I think scrolling will often both use this, it's going to require difficult emotional work Yeah, Be because part of it is taking, uh, the, I can only change my own part of the conversation. And uh, in my traditional way of conversing, you know, it, it feels great. I know how right I am all the time. Uh, and if there are problems in the relationship or with the conversations, it's the other person's fault. Yeah. And interestingly, that it might be mine and that I might need to talk differently. And I, that is going to make me, and to do that is going to require this kind of introspection. I need to, suddenly I need to develop this self-awareness in the moment, uh, a, a kind of a muscle I've never really developed before, um, that that's, that's going to be challenging. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is that, like, I think I want to see that as a, not as a cost, but as a benefit. You know what I mean? Like to say like, oh, in order to like better communicating, sorry, you're going to have to become a better person. <laughs> like, you know, like it might all be nice to be a better person. And, and my inclination is to shy away less and less from the fact that it is you know, that it is connected to, to 
fairly deep things about who we are as people and to and to not see that as scary but to see that as sort of what's appealing about it and scary i mean scary you know scary and <laughs> well i think that's i think that's a fantastic uh, mission here that your motivation and i think that really um kind of ends up explaining why it would be that uh, in when we all were suddenly in this strange world of lockdown you were uh, there coming up with a, a solution to one of the fundamental problems we were having, which is the lack of connection. Yeah. And, uh, and that's such an important part of people's lives and, um, and to, to um, help them uh, develop that and, and help them flourish and thrive uh, in this, um, not just the normal day-to-day -day circumstances, but even these, in these uh, odd times that we're living in. Okay. If folks wanted to get in touch with Misha and maybe uh, read his book or uh, uh, come to one of his uh, events or listen to the podcast, any of those things, how, how would we do that, Misha? Probably the best way. If you go into Google and type Misha Globerman, I wonder if it spell it any way. It doesn't matter. There's it, Google. I'm the only Misha Globerman in the world by any spelling. Um, <laughs> you'll find my website. And uh, on my website, it lists a bunch of my stuff. And probably the best way to hear about me is I have an email list. And if you get on there, it's mostly for announcements of events and things like that. So you can get on there. Um, it's probably the best way to find me. Fantastic. All right. Well, if listeners are interested in that or anything else, they can find Misha, as he just suggested, and it'll be in the show notes, all his links and so on. You can find us at conversationaltransformation.com. Get in touch by email, Twitter, all the usual things. And of course, we'll be here again next week, as we are almost every week. We, we almost never miss. You can hit the subscribe button and you can hear us on Troubleshooting Agile again next week. Thanks, Misha and Jeffrey. Thanks. Thanks so much. It was a real pleasure to be on the show.